Praise God from whom all blessings flow. This is Brother William Kantz with this week's lesson from 1 Thessalonians 4, the verses are 9 through 18. And the title is The Christian's Daily Life. From the New King James Version of the Bible, the text reads, but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed you do, so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Praise God. Thank you for your word, Father. May each of us take it and apply it to our lives. Amen. Let's focus on verse 12 for a moment. That you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. Walking properly requires diligence in daily encounters with others and self-discipline to present an example of Christian love in action. That seems to epitomize this week's lesson. Uh, to be diligent in our daily encounters as we walk in the footsteps of Christ and develop that self-discipline in order to be an example of Christian love. Christians do not practice religion one day a week or only when convenient. We must live and act every day for Christ. Therefore, we strive for our conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Philippians 1, verse 27. And strive to be blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. 
In the midst of the well and woe of our lives, we must seek a holy ascent. We must seek an elevated spiritual perspective. We must seek our higher calling in Jesus Christ. A life that is not tethered to Jesus Christ is susceptible to chaos and confusion breaking through at any time. Our Father loves us and would have us be the best, most virtuous iteration of ourselves. This elevated position enables us to seek the brotherhood of Christ. Brotherly love is made manifest in the concern, the empathy we show for one another. After emphasizing that holiness should characterize the lives of Christians, Paul continued to recognize the holiness of Jesus. Let us offer up a prayer for following the holy example of Jesus Christ. This holy instant I would give to you. Be you in charge, for I would follow you. Certain your direction gives me peace. And every instant is a holy instant in Christ. A holy instant in Christ. We sing, no friend like him is so high and holy. Following Jesus is the key to our self-esteem, our awareness, our becoming. Learning to love one another is a prerequisite of becoming. Becoming whole in Jesus. This relationship with Jesus produces brotherly love. Paul stressed the importance of brotherly love when he wrote, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 9. Paul frequently compares the Christian life to a walk. Writing to the Ephesians, he urged, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Ephesians 4, verse 1. Later, in the same letter, he exhorted his readers to walk in love. Chapter 5, verse 2. To walk as children of light. Verse 8. And to walk circumspectly, verse 15. In each instance, Paul had personal conduct in mind. Behavior matters. Another description of everyday religion is found in Jesus' admonition in Matthew 5, verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. 
Although the term light calls to mind one's influence, it is not possible to separate influence from personal conduct. Consequently, Christians must live each day in hopes of encouraging others to glorify God. Notice 1 Peter 2, verses 11 and 12. Perhaps James summed up everyday religion best when he wrote, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. James 1, verse 27. This demands daily effort, commitment. We must compel, be compelled to serve. After emphasizing that holiness should characterize the lives of Christians, again, Paul looked at brotherly love. This transition from holiness to brotherly love is natural. For those who live holy, love-driven lives demonstrate that love through their action toward others. Christians, let us hold the truth up to others with compassion. Let us be willing to be vulnerable and available. With regard to the Thessalonians, Timothy brought back good news about their faith and love. Chapter 3, verse 6. This was evidenced by their dealings with the brethren throughout Macedonia. Chapter 4, verse 10. Additionally, Paul believed the example Jesus set provided greater instruction than any words that he could offer. Jesus said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, is no than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. John 15, verse 12 and 13. Nothing more needed to be said to them about the concept. The disciples knew what love was, and they were practicing it in their lives. The Thessalonians, likewise, were encouraged by Paul to increase more and more. Having discussed behavior associated with a holy and blameless life, chapter 4, verse 1 through 12, the apostle turned his attention to matters pertaining to the Lord's return. One such matter involved the status of Christians who had died prior to that return. In an effort to remove the concerns of the Thessalonian Christians, Paul wrote, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep 
lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Verse 13. Jesus defeated death. And those who sleep in Jesus will do likewise at his coming. Thus Paul wrote, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 14. The faithful will eventually be rewarded, whether alive or dead, at the time of the Lord's return. See John 5, 28 through 29. This is why the Apostle John could confidently write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. The living have no advantage over the dead. The faithful will all be rewarded. We stand at the threshold of the narrow gate through which we perceive the graciousness of the judge and the mercy and grace of the Holy One. From our union with Christ in faithfulness, humility, and corruption, we look upon our commitment to Him in glory, power, and incorruption. Living in the eternal now, we perceive the promise of heaven. This understanding is a result of our true and positive conformity to the will of God. Describing the events of the Lord's return, Paul wrote, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 17. The Lord himself will descend. His coming will be accompanied. <coughs> Excuse me. His coming will be accompanied by visible and audible events or phenomena. Again, the Lord himself will descend. Hebrews 6 and 20 tells us that Jesus is our forerunner. The Greek word translated forerunner means one who comes in advance to a place where the rest are to follow. The image is that of a priest passing beyond the veil of the temple to meet with God in the holiest of all, Hebrews 9 and 3. In like manner, Jesus has passed through the veil of death to meet with God in heaven. He is there as a forerunner. Therefore, we are to follow this image returns in Hebrews 9. Here again, Jesus is our high priest. In Hebrews 9 and 24, the text says, 
Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. The text identifies the place beyond the veil as heaven itself. Those caught away to be with the Lord will, in this heavenly manner, be with Christ forever. The love of Christ is demonstrated in the coming of the Lord. That's verse 15. Coming, the Greek is parousia. His arrival, his presence. This love that Jesus demonstrates toward us we are to demonstrate toward others this agape love. And we should express th that kind of love not just through words, but also demonstrated action. We must show love for our brethren and for the church by conducting ourselves in a manner consistent with the gospel. In Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, this took the form of one who did not stir up trouble, who took care of his own affairs, and who worked to provide for his family. Rather than attracting attention for bad behavior, behavior we should quietly yet consistently serve God. We serve God when we seek to be his friend. We seek this when we are an enemy of worldliness. James 4, verse 4b, Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. We must strive to be an enemy of worldliness in order to be called a friend of God. We must be active students of the Word. Jesus told those who followed Him, John 15, 15, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all the things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Becoming a friend of Jesus Christ puts us in that rarefied air where we can interact with one another in brotherly love. In addition to love, the characteristics of Jesus to emulate, some we've mentioned, others are being creditable, honorable, and industrious. 1 Corinthians 14 and 40. In other words, let all things be done decently and in order. We must pay attention to our own business. <clears throat> Freedom from pecuniary embarrassment. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 10. 
For even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. We must understand our mission and embrace our blessings and purpose and serve Jesus by modeling and sharing his gospel. A reward awaits the faithful when the Lord returns. This reward will be for both the living and the dead. There is true comfort in knowing Christians who have died are now at rest. Blessed are the Lord, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Revelation 14 verse 13. We are reminded that this world and its sorrows will not last. We are sojourners, pilgrims passing through. And as Christians, we look forward to eternal joy in serving God. This lesson is yours, Christian. Thank you for listening this day. I pray that something I have said through this lesson, through these words, have the power and grace to make a difference, to edify and to uplift. Next week's lesson again comes from Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, chapters 5, verses are 1 through 11, and the title is Times and Seasons. Again, 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 1 through 11. Times and seasons. Let's pray together. Holy and most wise God, we come before you this day recognizing and thanking you for your grace, your mercy, your long-suffering, your love demonstrated in your sacrifice of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, on that old rugged cross for the sins of mankind. We thank you, Father. We humbly thank you, Father, for Jesus Christ, for the church that he established, where men, women, boys, and girls can work out their soul salvation with fear and trembling. We thank you for all those within the sound of my voice who continue steadfastly in your word. We pray for them and their extended families, for all of us. Give us those things we stand in need of to be good soldiers for you, Father, to serve in your vineyard, to bring souls to you. Help us to demonstrate that brotherly love that we find in Jesus Christ. Help us to be the children that you would have us to be. We come for those who do not know you yet, Father. We pray for space and time that they may come to know you before it's everlasting and eternally too late. We pray for the sick, the shut-in, 
We pray for those who are behind prison walls, for those who are addicted to substances, for those who are in abusive situations, for those who are undergoing medical procedures. Father God, give them all the things they stand in need of this day to gain a portion of their health, a a portion of their mind that they may behold this day, Father. Again, thank you. We thank you for this lesson. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your glory. We pray that everything was, goes to your glory this day, Father. These and all other blessings we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, Christian, thanks for listening. Stay safe. Love one another. Communicate. Reach out this week in Christian love. Stay safe. Bye for now.